Welcome to Canny Cross Conversations with me, Michelle. And me, Louise, talking all things dogs, running and canny sports. This episode is sponsored by the Get Stronger Run a Faster 5K course. It's great for canny crossers and runners to improve their 5K time and keep up with their dogs. So we've talked quite often throughout our time doing the podcast about barriers to canny cross. And usually they're things like, I'm not fast enough for my dog. I'm scared my dog will pull me over. Um, I don't know what kit to buy. On today's canny cross story, we chatted to Sophia, who had quite a large barrier to canny cross, or so you may think. She rescued her dog, Dylan, knowing he had um, a sight condition called progressive retinal atrophy, knowing he would eventually go blind. Um, she wasn't actually planning to canny cross with that dog, believe it or not, but it turns out that he loves it. And five years later, he's still going strong and they're both training for a marathon. It's it's so impressive, isn't it? And it, and it just shows the bond that can grow between the two of them, you know, to do that. His trust in her, because although she still thinks he has some sight left, isn't it? It was absolutely amazing. But the fact, the, the other important things is the importance of teaching the uh, commands, you know, the directional commands. So... We just it was a it was a fascinating talk um and just put a smile on your face, I think. So, yeah, it's um, such a lovely story. Yeah, it is. So do go and have a listen and let us know what you think at the end on our Instagram page at Canny Cross Conversations. Hello, welcome to this episode of Canny Cross Conversations. Today we're joined by Sophia as part of our regular Canny Cross Stories feature and she'll be chatting to us today about her two dogs, Juno and Dill. Hi Sophia, thank you very much for joining us. Would you like to introduce yourself a little bit more and tell our listeners about you? Yeah, so thanks for having me. Um, I'm Sophia. I am a veterinary nurse by day and a canny crosser at all other hours of the day and night. Um, So I've got two dogs. So uh, Dill, who is my very keen sports partner, and Juno, who is my not quite so keen sports partner. Um, They're both rescue dogs, uh, German Shepherd Cross, and Dill is a Border Collie. Fantastic. And tell us about, tell us a bit more about them, because I think there's something special about one of them, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, so they're, so we've got them both in uh, 2018, um, both rescue dogs. I got them two weeks apart for my sins. Um, and Dill has progressive retinal atrophy, which means that he is sort of steadily going blind at a oh. young age. Um, so yeah, he, I got him as a blind dog or going blind dog um knowing that his sight would eventually completely disappear um but we're still clinging on in there just about so that's me and how old is he so they are both coming up seven this year so Dill is seven next month um so he's really beating the odds because it's a degenerative condition that usually shows itself at first between the ages of one and three and sight usually completely disappears within six to 36 months oh, wow. um, so 
yeah by sort of general standards he should be you know have no sight at all now but um he still competes at agility as well as canny cross so there's definitely something there because I don't think it's just that he's that clever (laughs) bless him so how I mean how impaired is his sight then Um, so we, as sort of a generalisation, we think that he's um, well under 10% uh, sight compared to a normal dog now. Wow. Um, yeah, so the condition works by affecting the retina and there's two types of photoreceptor cells in the retina. Um, so you've got your rods uh, that receive light in dim light conditions and they're what go first. So the night vision always disappears first. And then the cone cells, um, which mean that the day vision starts to uh, disappear as well. Um, so we're definitely in that realm now with day vision kind of disappearing, really. Um, but he's beating the odds and he's still getting out there and competing against the fully sighted dogs. So, yeah, very proud of him. And I hope it continues for a long time. So, so, so I'm no, sorry. No, I was just going to ask about the introduction to Canicross. I mean, I know you tried it with, with Juno, who yeah. obviously has no issues. So was yeah. it different introducing Dill to Canicross? Did you have to make um, any yeah. kind of adaptations for him? Yeah, like when we first got Dill, I thought he'd be this, which he was, this sort of very poor little thing. Um, Like, you know, a poor little dog that didn't really know what was going on. Um, He'd been in rescue for a very long time. Um, So I thought, you know, Juno would be my dog who was sort of more up for anything and up for doing sports. Um, I thought Canny Cross would be great for her because she's quite reactive. Um, So, you know, it gives her a really good opportunity to run. Um, Turns out she just doesn't really want to run. And um, she wants to trot by a heel. So as with all the sports we do, I thought, well, I'll just give Dill a little go and see how he is. And he pulled like a train. He was just absolutely amazing and took to it straight away. So wow. it wasn't much of an introduction for him, but it was very much an introduction for me to running because um, I'd never run before. So. so I'm assuming that you have to really teach him the commands. Yeah, directions are so, yeah. so important. Um, but it works really well having the two sports going alongside each other. Um, so he's got agility and canny cross. So I can use all the same directions for uh, sort of coming in towards me, going left and right, speeding up. Um, so not that they're always 100% reliable, um, but we're very much getting there in both sports. So, um, yeah, that helps just having a lot of time and a lot of different types of places different kinds of uh, scenarios to practice those in so you've got to he's got to trust you hasn't he completely then because I'm assuming that he can just see shadows yeah you know, I'm just thinking about it sort of shadows isn't it yeah. so I was on a really technical race this weekend and we did cut a corner because my dog could see that we could cut a corner and you know as we were going to the right or the left or whatever so you're you've got to be spot on with your cues how does how does that work yeah yeah very much so and the other thing is um overtaking people so we did a race at the weekend where it's um like quite a lot of the races we do are just uh sort of human races with a canny cross um sort of addition so they let all just the humans go and then we've got you know sometimes hundreds of people to go past so with a blind dog and obviously not wanting to be sued tripping anybody up um that's probably where you know 
I have to rein him in slightly, you know, I give him the direction to go round people, um, but I have to make sure that he doesn't cut right in front of them again. Um, so yes, that takes a bit of precision work, I would say. I'm quite impressed at that, I have to say. Have you tried a canny, a specific canny cross race? Because obviously you go off in, well, most of them, you go off in stages. Yeah, yeah, which was great because we did um, the NATB um, on the weekend where it was about minus seven. So it was definitely weather fast. Um, but yeah, it was nice because it was a bit icy, but we didn't have to worry about tripping anybody up or going past anyone. So that was, it was really good. Um, but I quite like the sort of boost it gives you to go around overtaking people um so <laughs> I miss that slightly um but Dill's pretty good and will run whether someone's in front of him or not um so he's pretty good like that so we did really enjoy it um but we have had to pull out of NATB this weekend coming unfortunately oh oh that's a shame well it's um so is he full on so he just goes for it so he's quite fast yeah, he'll really go for it. Um, he's nothing like the hounds. You know, I run in practice and I think, wow, you know, he's really giving me such a great pull here. He tends to give a really good pull for about 4K um, and then it goes down into a trot. I think his... Um, I think that's normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think his brain kicks in and goes, oh, we're going long distance. Okay, I won't maintain this for very long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but he does yeah he does give me a really nice pull he's really forward going um he's terrible walking on the lead when I'm walking so usually I think that's the sign of a good canny cross dog yeah. is when you have a horrible walk <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whereas Gina, she's like the heel queen she won't get away from your heel which most people are like oh my gosh that must be lovely and I'm like well not for canny cross it's not <laughs> No, that's uh, that's true, isn't it? Yeah. So I understand you're training for a marathon together. Yeah. So we very much delved into the realms of long distance, um, which it's quite hard to find many other people who are doing that longer distance and get the confidence from knowing other people have done it with their dogs. Yeah. Um, it's, it's quite a, you know, if you know Dill and you sort of see our training, it's quite a realistic goal for him maybe not for me quite so much but I'll be there for the ride um so yeah we're really really looking forward to it so I'm actually doing it for my 30th birthday oh so how long have you got Uh, we've got six weeks to go um I was getting all ready to tell you on here how wonderfully training was going I read Um, your post earlier yes yeah so um yeah I've got a suspected um stress fracture in my hip um which I raced on on Saturday because I was uh very silly billy um and couldn't help myself so my husband was going to run for me in my place and then I just whipped off my dry robe and ta-da I had all my running gear on underneath and I just went for it so yeah and really regret it um so yeah just trying to keep hopeful that the marathon goal is still possible. So just forget, not forget, because obviously that's a pain, but let's just gloss over that little hiccup that you're we having at the moment. Yeah, we will get past it. It's quite a detail. But so so what sort of training have you been doing? Because you're right, there's not many people, although we're finding more people that are doing marathon training with their dogs. But I think people are quite interested in it. 
but don't quite know how to go about it. So what, what's your experience been and what, what have you been doing? Yeah, so I think we started our official programme. It worked out very well um, to start it on New Year's Day because um, it was 16 weeks until race day. So that worked out really nicely with sort of a New Year's resolution type uh, <laughs> training. Um, but we are generally loosely following the um, runner's world uh, running the London Marathon in under five hours. Um, okay. I've kind of taken that, yeah, as sort of the basis of my plan. I'm not bothered about running this in under five hours because it is a trail marathon um, along the Pembrokeshire coastline. So very much not the flat streets of London. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of gen my general plan. So I'm taking into account um, where they have cutback weeks. Um, mm -hmm. I am taking to account how long they want you to run for each day each week um and kind of following their uh, sort of peaks and troughs of what distances to run um i change it around because obviously i don't think anyone can follow it to the letter if you actually have other things going on in your life um and you're also relying on um what's best for your dog as well um yeah but yeah i'm, I'm loosely following that so definitely following their long run uh, distances as well yeah so how is still responding to the training great so um we've been running now probably two and a half years you know obviously only on this uh training plan for the marathon for the last sort of 10 11 weeks um but before that we were doing quite a lot of long distance we would run a lot of half marathons in practice yeah um and he copes so well with it in all of that time we've been running he's never been he's never been unwell he's never been lame he's never not wanted to go for a run and he's never come back really exhausted either um so i am looking out for all of those things all the time and um, see if anything becomes too much for him because as you say it is you kind of go into this with the dog a bit in the dark because you don't see a lot of people doing it on social media but you've got quite a lot of experience being a veterinary nurse. So, yeah, what, yeah, what um, do you take snacks and drink out for him when you're doing your long runs? Yeah, absolutely. So I've got a few sort of reliable things. So when I'm having my drink, he will also have a drink. And when I'm having my little flapjacks or gels or whatever, he will have a snack as well. So our routine is very much to have, um, I don't know if you guys have come across Fur Boost, um the little sort of can uh, little cartons of dog drink um i've not so, heard of that one yeah so they're not electrolyte based or anything like that they are just an encouragement just to drink some water so they're essentially meat and veg infused water um but i give them a can before we go for a long run um and i do that as opposed to water just to make sure he gets that volume of fluid into him um whereas before a run a dog might think well why do I want a drink now I haven't done anything um but I don't want to be stopping in 5k time um to get all my backpack off and give him water I want that to last him probably an hour and is there anything giving them a drink before and especially sort of the fur boost is there anything that you shouldn't give it is there a time limit to give it beforehand i'm just i mean just having water affect them is all just that they want to go to the loo more right? right so if you're thinking in yeah in terms of um yeah toilet time i think we all sort of know especially with dinner oh if i feed them at that time they're going to want to go for yeah. a poo in the night or yeah. something you think everyone judges it quite individually with their dogs um obviously we don't want to overfill their tummies and having them um like 
regurgitate, be sick, anything like that. Um, especially with our like really deep chested dogs, like the hounds, you definitely wouldn't want them having too much food in their stomachs um, for things like, um, you know, getting a twist in the stomach or anything yeah. like that would be, would be horrible. So I think little and often, but I've not had any problems with giving dill fairly large amounts of fluid in one go. Oh, that's interesting. And and what sort of snacks do you give him? So what do you use? So we love the Skinner's energy bars. <laughs> so we always take bars out with us. Um, they're just really handy for, you know, you can shove one in your backpack or access them quite quickly and not throwing treats everywhere. Um, and I like sort of the consistency and the ingredients and everything are really good just to kind of snap off a couple of little pieces and be able to still keep it in its wrapper in your bag. Um, so whether they do provide specific energy, I don't know, um, but they definitely provide like enough calories to keep him ticking over. Um, and we've not had any tummy upsets with them as well. Um, but unfortunately, they're out of stock at moments. So we've had to branch out a bit. Well, I've got a good little tip because I think the oh, yeah. uh, the, the, the Skinner's gun dog ones, I'm only saying this, this isn't, uh, isn't uh, um, what's the word? Um, the gun dog ones, uh, I can't remember what they're called. I think they're similar. Oh, yeah. Oh, the field and trial one. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah. Apparently, according to them at Crofts, they had a fire and they are also out of stock. Oh. Apparently, we oh. all perished <laughs> in the blast. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I can't get them anywhere, um, either type. So, oh, that's... Um, exactly, yeah, for the last few weeks, been having the Yora ones, the um, insect pet food brand. No, I've not heard of those either. I love all these uh, uh, little pointers to things. Euro ones, yeah. are called. Yeah, yeah, Euro. And do so. Do, I don't. I mean, you. I don't know if you know this, but can you? So, just giving them a couple of uh, sort of pieces of a, a bar. Yeah. Do they, I assume that they take so long to digest their food that they don't need food like we do all the time, do they? dogs no um yeah if you think we would sort of eat our three main meals a day and then have snacks in between um most of our dogs will thrive on two meals a day um so yeah i think it's all very much based on when you might feel your dog flagging on a run um but we also kind of possibly anthropomorphize it a little bit and i think well i'm having my flapjack now so you must definitely need a bit of energy bar. <laughs> I think if it's little bits you're giving them, it's not enough to upset them. It's only going to do good um, yeah. rather than harm and just make sure that I don't get to the end of that 20 mile training run and have to pick the dog up to take him back to the car. <laughs> yeah, well, no, exactly. No, and it is. And I think this is what everyone's a bit sort of, you know, people would quite like to do long runs with them, but they don't know how to do it. And I was talking to someone who's just started Canicross and she was saying, I can't do 5K, so I can do a 5K with him. but He's exhausted by the end of it. And it, and I was just explaining yeah. to her that it's you've got to build them up in harness, haven't you? So it's the whole yeah. thing. So yeah. in, unless anyone tells us any difference, it's just like building us up for the distance. We have to build them up in the harness because they could do that. Yeah that run by themselves quite easy I'm sure but uh... oh yeah absolutely and if you're throwing a ball playing fetch for your dog and you think oh I've walked about 3k your dog's probably done about 15k going back and forth after a ball so they've definitely got the capability it's just I think that drive to run in a straight line almost yeah um and just get them to think 
you know, I I can do this. I just need to keep plodding on, um, you know, without all the sort of sniff stops and things like that. No, that's uh, that's fascinating. Um, so what kit are you using for, which kit do you use for Canicross? So I've got a good luck harness because it is secondhand from Georgie Lambert's Queen Bee. Oh, <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> so I think the fact that she's worn it a couple of times um, sort of blesses it maybe. Oh. Um, so, She'll be laughing when she listens to this, won't she? Yeah. <laughs> Out on your long run, yeah. Georgie. <laughs> <Think> <laughs> I, um, I know Georgie through agility, so she's in the lesson after me. So we didn't actually meet on any sort of um, canny cross basis. Um, she just happened to be in the lesson after me at agility and is always very helpful, as we know. Um, and I needed to upgrade harness. So she had a uh, very lightly worn um, non-stop dog wear, com- uh, what's it called? Combined harness. Um, so, yeah, he's a bit more fancy than the free motion, but we absolutely don't need the fanciness. It's just because it's blessed. <laughs> <laughs> you go faster harness. <laughs> exactly. It is. Yeah. <laughs> And what about you? What uh, waist belt do you use? Um, so I use the really basic dog fit one. Um, I think that just works loads better for me than when I've seen, um, you know, the more fancy non-stop one. Mm. Um, you know, it fits me so well. It's really cheap and cheerful. It's been going for two years and is showing no signs of wear. Yeah. Um, and you can get your phone and your poo bags and your key in the back pocket. Um Whereas I don't think you can with some of the sort of bigger, fancier ones. Um, and I think, you know, it's little things like that that yeah. can put people off. Oh, I would go out running with my dog, but I don't know where to put my phone. And it's, <laughs> if you've got that sorted, you know, it's less excuses. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's very true. Um, I think it is, it's personal preference, isn't it, and how it fits on you. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. And they are all different, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, had a mal- yeah. I had a malfunction with mine in the race this week. Which, oh no! Uh, with um, it was a non-stop one. Sorry, non-stop. Um, yeah, it came apart. Oh no! <laughs> no. So it was like was I was wondering like- my pickle was further ahead. I mean, she was still attached to me, but rather a long way ahead. So it was like, ooh, oh, what's, what's was what's it just going- like those sort of stripper trousers that you just rip off? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cammy cross belt off halfway through the race as a bit of a trick. Yeah. It was also very muddy at the time, so I was like trying to stay upright and uh yeah, put my belt back together. And Pickle was like, come on, let's go. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. I'm going without <laughs> Anyway, never mind. So um so you talked about agility. So does that help you, Canny Cross? Yeah, I think so. It's um, you know, we do a lot of exercise. Uh, with dill and we're like when people are trying to sort of calm their dog down you know it's often recommended you know we'll do a bit less exercise because if you're trying to over exercise your dog they won't calm down you're essentially just creating an athlete that's what I want so I want to exercise dill all the time I want him to have as much energy as possible because he's always such an angel in the house but he really gives it 100% when we're out so I think I can't be running 
all the time every day um so it's nice to have sort of lots of different disciplines keep them really fit in different ways um and it just yeah allows me just to do even more with him really um so yeah I think it works really well alongside um and then just keeping him super fit with the canny cross um will help in turn with uh with agility fantastic isn't it it's, yeah. it's so good to hear do you do you think when he goes totally blind that you will be able to keep canny crossing in there because it's something he's used to doing I am a hundred percent sure I'm gonna say I'm gonna be very confident and say that I'm very sure that canny cross is something that we will be doing years into the future um you know, he's so sound that I think he will make old bones. Um, and I think we'll be canny crossing for a long time. I just don't think eyesight's going to affect him that much. You know, he's attached to me. It's yeah. so safe. Um, and with a dog with a sort of progressive um, eye problem, I think I'm constantly looking out for those little changes, constantly adapting how we do things. But I think if I continue to do that and support him in that way, I think he'll be fine. Um, the agility will be a different story, although my trainer says that she is sure that she can get him still doing agility when he's completely blind. Um, I don't know whether that will happen, but she's very keen to make some sort of bell on jump wings or something like that so we might even be able to run a really basic agility course um but yeah I think we'll adapt with him um but I'm very hopeful and would you ever think think about putting him with another dog though so harness them together so run two dogs obviously not Juno yeah. because she's not interested but <laughs> yeah yeah she yeah she comes out for the family jog we call it which is yeah. one of my short easy runs that we do every week one one morning for work because my husband's attitude to running was quite similar to Juno's um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so they started running together um but his enthusiasm has grown a lot quicker than hers but she loves him much more than me so generally he will run with Dylan out in front and I'll run her behind and I'll often wait behind corners and things just so they can get ahead of it mm. and then we'll to catch them up um and then she really enjoys it when we're all running as a family unit so um I have tried them on together um and if we're following a bike as well it really works yeah um but yeah if I got another dog in the future if I got another young dog when these got older um I would absolutely like put him with a guide dog that's that's quite fascinating really isn't it just yeah, yeah. It's, great, it's great to hear so, so what is your future for to, well for this year? I mean, hopefully you get your marathon done. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah, that's my that's my big thing of the year. Um, but I think the general pattern for me is booking something in like that, and I almost feel like I've done it when I book it. So I start to think of the next bigger thing. Um, so I booked the marathon um, just before I'd done our first half marathon race last year. I felt like I'd already done it. Um, so now I'm starting to think, could we do an ultra is my uh, is my sort of next thing. Um, and now with this um, Canny Trail Ultra that's come out this year, I thought maybe that would be a good um, aim for next year. Um, but something else I would like to do later on in the year is 
beat our half marathon time at Endurance Life Suffolk. Um, it's such a lovely flat course. It's by the sea and the sea makes Dill go absolutely nuts. So he really gives it 110 the whole time. Um, so, yeah, we, we missed out on the two hour mark by two minutes last time. Um, so in October, I would love to go back and take it under the two hour mark. I have a question which Michelle is going to laugh at when I ask this, but um, um, yeah. no, well, it, it's sort of about you. So we'll go back to, you know, the, the problem that you might have at the moment. Do you do anything yeah. else but run? <laughs> um, so I ballroom dance. Okay. Um, oh, okay. Wasn't expecting yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you've got me into my endless list of hobbies now. <laughs> yeah, you still work. <laughs> yeah, um, I actually have gone down to part time to make more time for hobbies. Um, so we, uh, yeah, we ballroom dance me and my husband, and also I'm a big fan of open water swimming. Um, so that is sort of my cross training really is dancing and swimming but only this year have I incorporated any kind of strength workout yes um, Louise <laughs> yeah I think that's what she's so, angling at <laughs> yeah so it is on there it's my my aim at the beginning of the year was to do four sessions a week short oh, sessions gosh, of either um really good stretching or some strength and conditioning type work. So whether that's just a 10 minute little core workout, um, a bit of strength or like a nice 20 minute kind of yoga-y uh, yes. stretch type of thing. We don't um, talk about yoga. We talk about Pilates. Oh, don't we? Sorry, uh, Pilates. Pilates. <laughs> a Pilates. A Pilates type workout. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't think it would fit, fit under any category, to be honest, what I do. But, um, you know, just get all the muscles stretched out sort of at least once a week. Right. And, and the only reason I ask that, and Michelle will back me up on this, is because obviously you're starting to run longer distances. You're getting to that age, I hate to say it. Yes. <laughs> it's starting yeah. to change. And, and it just yeah. strength is, is so important now to, you know, to, if you're starting to get problems now um yeah. yeah so it's really really important but I won't bang on about that there are lots of episodes that we've done about strength yeah yeah have a, have a listen to the one we've just recorded about menopause which I know is way like out there ahead for you but seriously she chats about women in the 30s yeah. and what they should be doing especially women so yeah. have a listen yeah definitely yeah. something I think a lot of us know and we think about but then actually doing it is yeah. something else because when you're having to do four runs a week for your marathon training and you know you can't miss any of them it then feels just yeah. like oh, how could I possibly incorporate anything else into this um but yeah while my hip is bad and I'm off running so I'm completely off my leg for three weeks wow. um so I have to essentially not weight bear at all mm. uh, I can however swim and do upper body strength exercises so I might beef the old arms up in the meantime. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. Because actually the upper body is as important as the lower body um, uh, when you're running, especially as we did this yeah. morning, didn't we, in club? We did a lot of upper body. My arms are aching, actually. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, it's really it's really important. But I'm not going down that route because I could go off on one. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, have you got any other questions? No, no. It's It's been lovely talking to you. And it's clear that dill has landed on his feet when you adopted him he's you know he's clearly got 
an owner with his best interests at heart. And I just, I really hope he can continue running with you. Thanks. You've clearly got a really strong bond together and it's been lovely hearing about it. Yeah, he's my absolute little angel. Um, and he's, uh, yeah, he was in rescue for a year. I didn't say oh, he was in rescue for a year. Oh, bless Nobody him. looked at him. No one came to visit him. And then I messaged the lady and I said, oh, hi, I'm a veterinary nurse and I used to work for an eye specialist. Um, could I have your little blind dog? And she was like, yep, literally come pick him up and take him. So wow. Yeah. Meant to be. Yeah. It was. It was Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, uh, Sophia. And I hope that everyone out there has enjoyed this and it's inspired you to get out there and run whatever difficulties that you might have. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you to our sponsor, Get Stronger, Run Faster 5K. It's great for canny crossers and runners to improve their 5k time and keep up with the dogs. And if you get a moment, please leave us a review. We'll see you next time on Canny Cross Conversations. Thank you.